0: Hey, welcome to the Danny Abel podcast, where I help you connect the dots between mindset, metabolism, nutrition, and fitness to help you easily understand complex health and wellness concepts. I'm thrilled you're here to listen to what I have to share. So let's dive right in. Well, hey guys, welcome back. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about staying on track with your nutrition, movement, and lifestyle when traveling or on vacation. So I actually wanted to record this episode because I am getting ready to go on a trip by air, and I get anxiety when I travel, mostly because I'm a control freak. But I found some things that really help me to feel less anxious, and stay on track with my health goals while I'm traveling, so I thought I would share those things with you today. This is actually going to be part of a three-part series, so definitely stay tuned for those additional episodes to come. And then I am going to give you one big takeaway at the very end of this episode, so be sure to stay tuned for that. So this episode is going to be part one, like I mentioned, and it's going to be everything about traveling via plane, but I will have other episodes coming soon, one on road trips and another one on camping, because both of those things will really change how much or how little you can be in control of your food and your movement and your lifestyle overall while you are away. So I kind of already unpacked this, but the general frame that I'm going to follow when outlining this information for you is going to be threefold. One, it's going to be food-related or nutrition-related. The second one is going to be movement-related or fitness-related. And the third one is going to be lifestyle, uh, lifestyle and behavior, essentially. Um, One quick announcement. You may have heard or even seen me talking about macros and movement in the recent past, I've been talking about it a little bit on my stories and kind of hinting it in some captions and even some emails lately, but this is actually stemming from a group coaching program that I will be launching later this summer called Macros and Movement Foundations, which is going to be a eight-week Group coaching program designed to teach you all of the foundational concepts related to macro based periodized nutrition, in addition to phased training and cardio, along with giving you the tools to implement the said concepts for yourself. There will be a live interaction with me, I should say, and also a community from everyone who is a part of the group. So definitely stay tuned for that. If you aren't already on my newsletter or in my Facebook group, you can subscribe to those and join to learn more. And the links for those will be in the show notes. All right, so let's get into it here. Before I dive into what I'm doing on this trip, I wanted to tell you that I was able to really sharpen my skills on the road and by air a few years ago. So if you don't really know me, I worked in consulting after I left the more traditional corporate industry, and I worked as a nurse consultant that required a fair amount of travel. And sometimes I would travel via road, and other times I would travel via plane. Either way, I found that preparation was key. So I'm going to frame that up for you today. So it really starts with pre-travel planning. The majority of your time is going to be spent here. And it's really going to be looking at overall, what can you recreate? What do you have to adjust? What do you need to buy in order to bring with you? What do you need to bring? What will you need to buy? What do you need to modify? And what does your arrival plan look like? So, I'm going to go into deep detail on all of these. For the most part, a lot of it is going to be heavily nutrition focused because. You know, ultimately, if you look at your day, the more more portions of your day, I should say, are going to involve eating or snacking, then it's going then it's going to include include things like, you know, movement and training and things like that. You know, like we're not doing that, you know, eight, 10 hours a day. So that's really the heavy focus. But I will definitely be hinting on those other ones as well. So look at your schedule. You know, what is my schedule for the days of travel um, on the way there and also on the way back? You know, am I starting the day earlier? Um, Am I starting the day later? That kind of a thing. So from a recreation perspective, what part of my day can I recreate? Okay, Uh, I'm going to go into deep, deep detail, but I'm just kind of defining this a little further here for you. Adjust. What will I have to adjust? as a part of my day, on my travel day. What do I need to buy to bring with me? So for me, this oftentimes requires me to order something because we live in a very remote area. So I can't just like run to Target. I cannot just run to Walmart. I mean, we have like a Dollar General. Everyone here, I almost called it DG. Everyone here calls it DG because it's like you know the chic thing to do. But we have a Dollar General and we have a hardware store. Um, and a grocery store and that's pretty much it. So unless it's like something that one of those stores carry, um, I'm usually SOL if I don't order it ahead of time. So that's what I mean as far as like buy to bring. For you, it might literally just be like you need to run to Target um, or Walmart or whatever before you head out. And then what do you actually need to bring with you from home Um, and then buy? What are you gonna have to buy while you're traveling? Um, modify. What will you need to modify? Now, the biggest thing here is going to be, is it a short trip with short modifications or is it a long trip with longer term modifications? And this, even to break it down even further, this might be, you know, if you are somebody who travels for work all of the time, like i would say 75% of the time you're on the road that's going to look different for me, for you versus somebody who is like taking a vacation once in a while or is occasionally going on a work trip so i would even break that modification down even further the general frame that i'm going to give you today is really going to be more around the concept of these like shorter trips um <clears throat> but as far as like the long term i just wanted to mention that too in case you fall into that category And then arrival, you know, what time are you getting in? Um, Because that's going to influence like how prepared you can be for that day and even like your days ahead. So let's start with nutrition. So what will your meals and snacks look like on travel days? So from a recreation perspective, I'll just give you what I do. I try to eat an I should I should say I try to eat as many of my meals and snacks as home at home as I can. Now, there are certainly times where I have an early morning flight, like a 6 a.m. flight, meaning I have to be at the airport at like usually 445 or something along those lines. Now where we live. Um, I can fly out of an airport that is about an hour and 15 minutes away, or I can fly out of an airport that is like closer to two hours away. So you can imagine that that is really going to definitely change up my morning routine because I'm not normally getting up at three o'clock in the morning. So on those days, it's probably going to look a little bit different versus like if I'm taking an afternoon flight, then like my breakfast or even like my morning snack is probably going to be at home. Or it might be something where I can make that ahead of time and bring it with me and have it in the car, especially like if I have to take the the two hour airport, the airport that's two hours away. I definitely have food in my car. Um, I mean, who am I kidding? I always have food in my car, in my purse. Um, my kids are always like, you know, hey, well, you know, what snacks do you have? <laughs> So this is definitely not out of the ordinary. Like I'm very used to this, but I just wanted to mention it too, because, you know, maybe it's not that you are having your meal, you know, sitting at your dining room table that morning, but like maybe you can bring it ahead of time or prepare it and have it in the car so that you don't have to like wait to get through, you know, uh, check-in and security and all that, um, which can be hours sometimes. All right. And then adjustment. So if you're going to have some meals out, you know, where are you gonna get those? Are you gonna get them at the airport? Are you gonna to have to wait until after the airport? Um, are you gonna stop at a gas station along the way? Like those types of things. Um, the biggest thing I wanna say here is like, don't just leave your house with no plan, like winging it. That is a recipe for disaster, especially if it's like a new trip or if you haven't necessarily, you know, maybe you don't have experience with going before and like you're new into this like whole, you know, macros and fitness thing. And, you know, you're going on a trip now and you literally just like pack your like belongings and get in the car. Like that's definitely going to cause you to fail because you're going to have this kind of like thought where it's like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be like kind of keeping track of what I'm eating and I need to make sure that I'm moving my body. But then, you know, this chaotic situation, aka travel happens. And then you're like, you know, you're looking backwards and you're like, well, that was a huge mess. So just the biggest thing I can say is, you know, try to figure it out ahead of time. Like you may not necessarily know perfectly what it's going to look like, but don't just wing it. Like don't just get all your belongings in the car and head out. It's a terrible plan. (laughs) It's a terrible plan. All right. So buy to bring. So I'm gonna unpack some examples for you, but I kind of alluded to this earlier in the beginning. So sometimes there are, are certain things, like it might be like uh, you know, reusable things that I will use during my trip. It might even be like consumable things that I will use during my trip, but I will have to buy them ahead of time. So, like instead of the jar of almond butter butter, maybe it's buying some individual almond butter packets, something like that, okay? So, um, something for me that I oftentimes have to buy to bring is I will bring supplement samples with me because oftentimes, like my supplement bottles and jars and things like that, well mostly bottles, I would say um they're pretty large containers, and you know I'm not gonna bring like a five pound thing of whey protein in my suitcase. And in order to avoid like having to package it up in baggies, which I'll talk about later, um, I have to buy some of the little sample packs and they work really well for travel. So if you don't have like the smaller supplement containers, then that might be something that you need to order ahead of time in order to have with you because you're probably not going to find like a decent quality whey protein, just like winging it at the grocery store. I mean, you could you could buy like, a, you know, like a ready to drink or something like that, but even sometimes like there's gonna be some places that you end up and the gas stations are like literally a hole in the wall and there's like nothing to choose from. You could maybe get like a beef jerky stick and that's about it. <laughs> okay, and then as far as bring. So if you can't bring whole fruits with you, for example, Um, this might be something where you would bring dried fruits or you would buy something ahead of time, or you could even like, you know, try to find something at the airport or stop at a gas station along the way. I don't usually risk that mostly because I'm kind of OCD when it comes to food. So I will try to like package those things up. Um, so if you can't bring whole fruits, you know, maybe you can bring dried fruits, um, for example, Amp- apples travel really well. You know, you can just literally throw that in your carry-on bag versus like you're not going to be able to bring like slices of watermelon. I mean, you could, I guess, but it's probably going to be kind of a mess and it's probably going to get smushed. Um, you know, maybe you can do something like dried banana chips, craisins, um, dried apple rings, etc. cetera vegetables. Okay. So vegetables are kind of like, you know, it's a yes or a no. Um, there's really not like a happy medium. I mean, you could do some like dried vegetables and things like that. But what I will say is in my experience, vegetables are really hard to find at the airport. Um, there are some pretty decent airports out there that have like fresh snack stands and things like that, that you can just like buy a pack of like, you know, let's say it's like carrot sticks and ranch or something like that. But I would say that that is not as common. Um, So for example, I mean, (laughs) you guys are going to laugh, but I have traveled with baggies of cauliflower and carrots before. I mean, I'm legit not kidding you. I have definitely gotten some weird looks, but honestly, I don't even care. But if you feel like, that's just, that's beyond what I have the ability to do, or I'm just not willing to go there, then just realize that you're probably going to have to sacrifice that a little bit. Or you can just kind of like see if there is any available options when you get to the airport. All right. And then as far as proteins go, so proteins pack pretty well. Well, I mean, I'm talking like ready to eat proteins. Um, this could be things like protein bars, Jerky. Um, you could even do like something like dried edamame. It's not perfect, but you know it's better than nothing. And the other thing too is like the protein bars, the jerky, things like that, those are going to be like dehydrated foods or, I mean, the jerky is going to be dehydrated, of course, but the protein bars are going to be more dense. So they're going to be like very low volume and very high calorie. And that's just like the trade-off of having that as a more convenient snack. And you just kind of have to accept it for the time being, especially like when you're traveling and just recognize that that's probably not what you would have if you had the option to have like more of a fresh based protein. But in the meantime, it's way better than having nothing or just skipping protein altogether. And then all day at the airport, you're just constantly hungry because you're eating just like, you know, or you're eating the plain food and it's like the pretzels, the Biscoff cookies and the peanuts. And you're dying because you don't have enough protein coming in to hold you over. Okay. And then as far as snacks go, like these are kind of like SOSs for me. Um, it's things like pretzels, peanuts, um, mixed nuts, things like that. And I like to just have those in my bag as just in cases, because there might be times where like, I don't know, maybe you fall asleep on the plane and you miss the snack card or something. Um, it's just nice to have some food that is ready to go. And pretzels, peanuts, mixed nuts, granola bars, stuff like that, TSA is not going to take that away from you. All right, and then as far as drinks go, so I like to travel with two bottles: an empty water bottle and an empty shaker. Um, <clears throat> I like to bring the shaper- shaker because I, u- I do usually have um, an EAA drink in the afternoon, like an essential amino acid. I know that the literature out there, you know, doesn't necessarily support like huge benefits for adding it into your supplement stack, but I just personally like it. Um, And I did do a small test for myself back in the day. I had like five months of not using it and I was more sore after training. So it's just personal anecdote, I prefer it. And I like to tra- take it with me when I'm traveling, and that is one where I will order sample packets of that in order to bring with me. So what I like to do is I'll have the you know the powdered supplements, and then I'll have the empty shaker. And once I get through TSA, um, then I might have that in the afternoon as a part of my you know beverages or drinks. Um, fun fact: you can get through TSA with up to a 12 ounce container of powdered supplements. Now, I would not recommend putting supplements into baggies. (laughs) I mentioned this earlier. So, one time I did this because I did not plan in advance and I got them taken away because TSA said that they could not be identified. So, I mean, just imagine this. Like, many of these supplements are like white powders for the most part, unless it's like a chocolate protein shake. Um, So, just imagine this. You know, I'm trying to get through security. I've got like all these little baggies in my carry on and they were like, yeah, we, we know that you're saying that it's, you know, whey protein, but like we can't identify it. And they were like, we don't know what it is and we have to treat it like that. And so I was like, OK, well, I mean, you can taste it if you want to. <laughs> and they politely declined and they threw it in the trash. <laughs> right. Rightfully so. So that was a lack of planning on my part. And I definitely that was a huge lesson learned. All right. And then as far as buying, so if you can't have a cup of brewed coffee, um, you know, TSA is definitely going to take that shit away. Or you're going to need to like suck it down before you get in line for security. I mean, depending upon your commute times and how early you get to the airport, that's definitely going to influence it. Um, You know, if you don't have a huge time frame that you have to wait in order to get through security, then, you know, maybe you can just get by with buying a cup of coffee at the airport, you know, after you get through security, something like that. Speaking of that, so thinking back, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to the Kansas City airport. I think it's like KCI as far as like the airport abbreviations, but my first time traveling and using that airport, I was so over underwhelmed. Oh my gosh. So probably going to get some hate here, but I'm just going to inform you ahead of time, but they legit have nothing, like nothing after you get through security. Like I'm talking, it's like a one hot dog cart. I mean, it's not actually hot dogs. I don't know. Maybe they do have hot dogs in the afternoon, but every time that I have flown through there, it's always in the morning, but it's literally like a little cart and they have, like, machine coffee, bananas, and, like, some day-old donuts. And that's what you get. Um, There was one time that I was like, oh, Kansas City, their airport's going to be, like, fairly large. And so I just skipped the breakfast at the hotel that morning. And I was like, well, there would definitely be something, like, more appealing at the airport. Turns out, no, there is not. So if you ever go through Kansas City, just beware. It's been probably, hmm three years since I went through there. So, you know, maybe they've upgraded, but it was not a good situation. In regards to coffee, so something that I will do is I will buy a cold coffee drink in a can or a bottle to have with me after I get through security and to put in my carry on after I get through security because it's kind of like an emergency food, except for it's like an emergency beverage. You know, technically it's a drink, but it's super nice to have. Um, You know, there's definitely been times where I wasn't necessarily anticipating that I was going to be tired when I got to my you know, next um, layover location, or even like when I got on site, um, or when I got to the location. And of course, like depending upon the time of day, I may have not chose to drink the coffee. But if it was sometime before lunchtime, when I got to my final destination, like let's just say I had a really early morning flight, sometimes I needed it. I just, for that day, I just needed it. And so it was really nice to have that and not have to worry about like trying to figure out like where could I get a caffeinated drink or something to help me, you know, get to wherever I needed to be for the rest of the day. And then as far as like short term and long term modifications, you know, you're probably not going to be able to have whole food based meals most of the time. I mean, unless you have like long layovers and things like that, which sometimes are nice. Um, I remember there's this one particular uh, restaurant, I should say, in the Minneapolis airport. I don't remember which concourse it's on, but whenever I would fly out early morning, I loved to go there for breakfast. I would usually have like a little snack in the morning because I would have to leave my house at like 3 a.m. or something ridiculous. And I didn't really want to have like a big meal at that time. So I would just have like a little snack to get me through. And then once I got to Minneapolis... And then I could go to that restaurant and they had a really, really good breakfast. And it was like, you know, fresh fruit and like whole whole wheat um, toast or like even like a whole wheat bagel. And, you know, it was like eggs and things like that. But I didn't always necessarily have the luxury of having that longer layover. And so I had to just kind of like make do with like more snacks throughout the course of the day instead of being able to have, you know, more meals, if you will. Ultimately, on your travel days, you're probably going to have to modify a bit, and it's fine. If you're traveling every single week, I mean, there were colleagues of mine that traveled every week. Their approach was much different than mine because it was more of their lifestyle at that point you know, they needed to figure out like, what are those long-term modifications? Because for me, I was really only traveling like one to two times per month. So it was just a matter of like, you know, being more flexible during that time. And then I was able to have the majority of my time, I was focusing on just my day-to-day, you know, my normal routine, if you will. All right. And then after you arrive at your destination, what will be the first meal that you will need to figure out? You know, I like to use apps on my phone to figure out like local places to go. You know, usually I would say I would arrive around lunchtime, sometimes at dinner time. I mean, sure, sometimes it was, you know, after dark. And at that point, hopefully I I had already had dinner. But just having kind of a plan when you get there, especially if it's going to be around a mealtime or if you've had to hold out and wait to have a meal until you get to where you're going and then will you have access to a refrigerator so for example you know if you're staying in a hotel you can look online ahead of time to see you know what are the available options i mean i would say like for the most part I would say most hotels nowadays have a microwave and a refrigerator, but certainly not all of them. Um, And if you do get one, it's usually a teeny tiny one that usually freezes your food. (laughs) So depending upon the length of your trip, this will definitely influence what you buy. You know, for example, it might be like regular sizes versus travel size things. Um, Something that I would do is I like to have a usually like an evening protein shake. It's literally just like a a treat for me. So I would buy like smaller containers of almond milk or some type of like a a lighter milk, if you will, to have with me and to put in the fridge versus like at home, you know, I've got the larger container, that kind of a thing. And then will you have access to any other quick kitchen equipment or supplies? So, you know, if you're staying in an Airbnb, And you're on vacation, or maybe you are even like traveling for work and you're staying in an Airbnb, then you might have access to some things that you wouldn't normally have access to if you were staying in a hotel, for example. The one thing I would say that I pretty much always bring with me or I plan to buy when I get there is baggies. This might seem a little weird, and maybe it's just the mom and me, but baggies are life, man. I mean this is something that we take for granted because when we're at home we have access to like containers, you know, bags to put food in, etc. So if you are traveling or if you're on vacation and you need to like have some snacks with you, oftentimes it might be difficult to find like single serving foods or snacks, but you could maybe buy like a regular type of packaging, and then you could just condense it down into something that you can bring with you. So I would always have baggies with me. And baggies are something that like don't take up a lot of room you know you can do like the fold over kind or you could do like the ziplock kind whatever i will oftentimes just like grab a handful of them and stick them in my like usually like in the um the zipper compartment of my suitcase like the flap that opens up because i just kind of like roll them down and like stick them below my underwear and bras and stuff like that um, and then lunchbox so some trips were very remote. Um, I had no idea if I would get lunch. So I would try and put together some kind of lunch. It was usually always like snack-based. It was just like a whole bunch of snacks that I would add up into a lunch if I could do it. But don't be afraid to pack a lunch box, you guys. Like, I mean, you're not going to be able to pack like a hard-sided igloo, but you know, you can get like those soft-sided ones. And you know, sure, it's probably not going to keep your food like super cold, but it's probably better than nothing, especially if you're on like a work trip and you're not really sure what the plan is for lunch. All right. And then there's always, you know, making or purchasing meals. We kind of talked about like microwave, you know, maybe at home, like microwave foods are probably not your go-to, or at least hopefully they're not. But while you're traveling, you might have to make do with something like that. And then as far as like buying different foods, you know, are there grocery stores in the area? Will you have a car? Um, That was kind of a no-no a no brainer for me. I pretty much always wanted to have a car when I was traveling because it just made everything so much easier. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this, but usually what I would do when I was, I would get to my hotel, I would kind of like unpack as much as I could. And then I would figure out like, where is a local grocery store that I could go get a few things, especially if I was going to be there for like a week. Um, it was really great to have a car because I could just go and come as I pleased and I didn't have to worry about like figuring out, you know, how I was going to get from point A to point B. Um, you know, if you don't have a car nowadays, this really wasn't a thing back then. I mean, maybe it was just starting up, but there's things like like shipped shoppers and things like that where you can actually like order, you um, Foods and different types of like products, if you will, from local grocers or even like you know something like um, like Target, Target Grocery or something like that. And then, as far as like buying meals, so you can either buy food or you can buy meals. It's kind of like when you're tracking, you can either like track the food or you can track the meal. Um, if you're going to buy meals, if you're going to purchase your meals, you know. Is it going to be from a local restaurant? Is it going to be like a mom and pop shop? Um, is it going to be chain restaurants? The thing about chain restaurants is, is that it's going to be easier for you to track. But really, ultimately, either way you go, you're still estimating and it's fine. I mean, unless this is your norm, I kind of go back to that situation where like if you are somebody who is 75 percent of the time on the road, then this this is going to look different for you. But if you're doing these shorter term based trips, a certain amount of estimation, you know, is, as much as like 20% over the course of, you know, whatever time frame you want to look at is perfectly fine. Um, I'm even talking like week at a time. If you're going to be gone for a week, it's fine. You know, if you look at your month and three quarters of the time you're at home and you're gone a week, it's fine. Just estimate it. And then as far as uh, breakfast, so I just wanted to kind of talk about this too because oftentimes like hotels and things like that will have a continental breakfast and maybe it's not like perfectly what you would choose or what you would normally eat, But try to pull foods from each of the different categories. So when you're at those continental breakfast stations, if you will, if you kind of like just like stand back and look to see what they have, oftentimes they will have the majority of your four food groups. They'll have the proteins, they'll have some fibers, you know usually it's like a bowl with bananas and apples, maybe some oranges, depending upon like the area of the country that you're in, or even like the season. Um, They always have carbs. (laughs) They're always going to have like the donuts and the pastries and the danishes and whatever. Um, And then usually they have some fats and it's going to be things like peanut butter, um, something like that. And even probably butter, regular butter for toast and stuff like that. All right. So that is nutrition. I'm going to move into movement and this is just going to be not as in depth, but I did just kind of want to cover this because this is something that I'll see and people will just be like, oh, I'm going on vacation. So I'm not going to be able to train next week. And I'm like, oh, oh really? Why? Oh, oh, why do you feel like that? (laughs) Okay. So really we need to understand like, will I have the ability to train? Do some cardio, get some steps in on travel days. I mean, ultimately, some movement is going to be better than none. And the other piece that I would say, too, is this all, both the nutrition piece and the movement piece, really stems from mindset. And the reason why I say that is because just because you're out of your routine, that is not an excuse to just throw away your goals. I mean, you are going to have to modify and you're going to have to make some adjustments, but like, what would happen? What would happen if you just modified what you're already doing instead of just being like, Oh, I'm on vacation. So I'm not going to keep track of what I am eating. I'm just going to drink whatever the hell I want. And I'm certainly not going to go to the gym because like, why would I want to do that? Or like, why would I want to move my body? Here's what happens you end up at the end of that time frame at the end of the vacation at the end of the trip and you feel like trash and then you're like well shoot you know now i need a vacation after the vacation or like i need another trip to reset no you don't you should have just stayed on track with what you could actually control and be okay with it throughout the whole trip like i'm starting to go on a rant here but this is something that drives me absolutely freaking nuts it's like What if we just modified it? What if we just did something instead of doing nothing? Okay, so training. I digress. Training. You know, does your gym, does your gym, does your hotel have a gym? You know, if you're staying in an Airbnb, you know, sometimes these are like little apartments that people will rent out. Sometimes there's an apartment gym. Um, And what about this one? This is like literally my favorite and some of you guys are going to roll your eyes. Is there a local gym with a week pass that you can go to? I do this all the time. I mean, I don't travel as much anymore, but if I was gonna be at a location that did not have a gym, or if the client had me on site, like staying in one of their apartments or something like that, then I would use like the Maps app on my phone and I would figure out if there is a local gym that I could join You know, I could pay for like a week-long pass. And the other thing I would say about that is don't be afraid to call the gym. Like sometimes they don't actually have that as an option on their website because, you know, there's probably not too many local people that just want to go to the gym for a week. But I bet if you call them, they would be like, oh yeah, that's no problem. We can get you set up with that. Just come on in. And I'll give you one more example. So every summer at the end of July, which my... Episode three, part three of this series is going to be kind of stemming from this. Uh, We go camping at the end of July every year in northern Wisconsin. And the local gym, um, it's literally like walking distance from where we camp. And my sister and I will just get a week-long pass. And it's great. You know, it's kind of like you get to go to this new location, you get to try out some new equipment, see some different faces, that kind of a thing. So I would encourage you to look at that as well. I mean, if you ultimately don't have access to be able to do resistance training, or you don't have much time. I mean, there were some assignments that I would go on and we would have to be there at 7 a.m. So I really had to modify those weeks. Um, I had to modify my routine. You know, I might do something like just some body weight stuff in my room. Usually it was like mobility or just really like very low intensity, like range of motion, really just to kind of get my body moving, excuse me, and get loosened up for the day. Because I just, I always felt better when I had a little bit of movement coming in in the first part of my day. And then as far as steps go, so, you know, if you're at a hotel, do they have a a gym? Do they have a treadmill? Usually hotel gyms, even if they don't have like resistance training equipment, like whether that be a dumbbell rack or a cable stack or something like that, they will usually have a treadmill or an elliptical. It's just kind of, you know, I kind of roll my eyes at that because it's like the whole like cardio mentality coming out, but it's better than nothing. And it be a perfect way to just get your steps up. You know, if you don't have a hotel treadmill, you can always go outside for a walk depending upon the time of year. Um, you know, go for a walk after dinner. Go for a walk on breaks um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're on site for work, for example. Um, if you're on vacation, you know, maybe you go somewhere <clears throat> as a part of your vacation and you go for a walk there. Usually like when you're on vacation, I find that your steps are up anyway because you're like out exploring, like kind of doing the touristy thing. And then last but not least, you always have the option to like walk the hotel hallways. I mean, there were some hotels that I had stayed at in the past that were relatively large hotels and they usually did have a weight room, but there were a few. I mean, there were a few, like some of the like older conference hotels and things like that. Um, they didn't necessarily have a gym, but I would just wake up and I would just like walk the hallways. You know, I'd go have breakfast or something and I'd grab a cup of coffee and I'd listen to a podcast or, you know, something like that, or listen to an audiobook, And I would just walk, you know, for like 15 or 20 minutes just to get some movement in. So, I mean, if you want to do it, there's definitely a way to do it. It may just not be, you know, what you would normally do. All right. And then last but not least is going to be lifestyle. And I'm going to break this up into two different categories. So the first one is going to be sleep. This is the one where I will oftentimes hear my clients say things like, I'm going to rest up while I'm on vacation, or I'm going to get a lot of sleep, you know, but here's the deal. Try to maintain your normal routine. You know, sleeping your ass in, going to bed super late, you're going to feel like crap. And it's because your circadian rhythm gets off. And then when you come back to reality, you're going to need a reset. You're going to have to get back on the wagon. You know, don't do that. Try to maintain your routine as close to possible as you can. I mean, I'm not saying like, don't have fun, but like, you know, if you normally go to bed at 930 don't go to bed at 2 a.m. I mean, you can just imagine how that's going to feel. And then some of the essentials that I would recommend as far as like promoting adequate sleep while you're away is going to be things like earplugs, eye mask, sleeping supplements, a white noise app on your phone, or even using the room fan. So as I'm like, listing these out for you, I'm like having flashbacks. So I don't remember where I was at. I want to say it was like New Hampshire or something. And I was in this like fairly decent Holiday Inn. It was like, you know how like Holiday Inn went through that whole like rebrand thing? And I think it's like, is it Holiday Inn Express? Yeah, I think it's the Express. And it's like, you know, a uh, fairly reasonable room rates. But... Here's the deal, like they look very aesthetically pleasing, but the walls are paper thin. There was a couple on the other side of the wall in the next room over, and for that particular trip, I forgot my earplugs. I'm not gonna tell you what happened, you can imagine, but literally the headboard in my room was hitting the wall. It was so violent. I did not sleep a wink that night. It was absolutely terrible. Like, I'm laughing. (laughs) I'm laughing thinking about it right now. But from then on, like earplugs were always on my travel list. And as far as like the white noise app, I, I'm not one at home that uses anything like that for sleeping, I really do like it more quiet. But what I have found is there's just like some like noises that happen when you're traveling and it's gonna be things like, you know, like other people's room doors shutting, you know, people coming on and off of the elevator or going up and down the stairs or whatever, that just kind of like disturb your sleep. And it's, it's certainly better than going without, or at least in my experience, I like to do like earplugs and I'll even put like a white noise app on my phone. And then I crank up the volume on my alarm so that it, I can't, you know, I can't miss the alarm. And then as far as like the room fan, this is something that I've had to like toggle with and sometimes the room fans are great and other times they're like so ridiculously noisy and they're like banging and clunking and, you know, it's just terrible. So it kind of just depends, you know, the quality of the hotel, I would say, or even like the location. If you are staying like in an Airbnb and maybe they have like an air conditioner on the wall or something like that. So just wanted to mention that like, don't necessarily like rely on the room fan or the air conditioner to use for white noise because sometimes it's like, does more harm than good. And then stress goes. Okay, so stress is the last one here. And it's really going to be kind of like trip dependent. You know, if it's a family trip and you're not looking forward to interacting with some of the people who will be there, what I always say is like, you know, identify your outlets. You know, usually it's like one emotional outlet to help you manage those triggers and one physical outlet to help you manage those triggers. So like emotionally, it might be you have a book that you want to read and you go off by, your, by yourself and you read the book or you listen to the podcast or whatever it is. Um, A physical outlet might be going for a walk and really that could also be an emotional outlet too, but kind of having like those different categories because there's going to be certain situations where, you know, you don't want to read the book, you don't want to listen to the podcast, like you physically need to do something to get your mind out of that stressful situation. You know, if it's a work trip, you might have situations where you're going to like a really high stress meeting or in a really important training, or even interacting with some colleagues that maybe you love, or maybe you don't love so much. So that will definitely influence it. Really, the biggest thing that I hear, especially if it's vacation related is, I'm going to unwind, I'm going to veg out, and I'm going to enjoy myself. But here's the deal, guys. There's a happy medium here. Oftentimes, you don't realize that some of this is actually self sabotaging because it completely throws you outside of your normal routine. So be mindful of this. Sure, relax, have a good time, but don't completely throw your goals and lifestyle out the window. All right. So, the one big question that I always get, especially when clients are new to tracking, their food, their movement is going to be, do I have to track while I'm away? And there is no perfect answer. If it causes you less anxiety, track. If it causes you more anxiety, then don't. But how do you think that you're going to feel when you return. If you have some experience with this to draw on, like if you've been on trips, you've been doing this whole like lifestyle and behavior modification thing that I always talk about, nutrition, fitness, all of that, then you probably have some experiences to go on and you might be able to reflect back on those and realize like what worked well and what didn't work well and then modify. But if you don't have any experience with this, you're just going to have to you know decide like make a choice. And then when you come back, you know, figure out like how did that go? Is there anything that I need to change? Should I keep doing that? That kind of a thing. It's that self-reflection. It's almost like a debrief to determine am I going to do that again or do I need to change anything? You know, ultimately, I can't decide for you. If you want to know what I do, I track. I estimate. And I usually just ignore my goals, you know, I'm ignoring my goals mostly because my ability to control like exactly what I want to have is going to be limited. So I have to let go of that control freak, that OCD mentality for the time being. And I usually just track through the process itself. Um, I'm mostly tracking to make sure that I am eating enough you know, I'm not worried about going over for the time frame. Um, I'm going to have to estimate by meal. I might have to estimate by food, you know, recognize that you will be estimating. If you're estimating short term, it's fine. Like I talked about in the beginning, if it is going to be longer term, if travel is going to be a part of your lifestyle, then that's going to look different. You know, your accuracy is going to matter more. You know, you might have to be more specific with your goals. You might have to use chain restaurants more that have more accurate nutrition. You know, for crying out loud, you might even have to buy like a traveling food scale. The big kicker is that the process of tracking is important, not necessarily the goal all the time. It doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, really, like how bad do you want it? And I'm not saying this to like make you feel ashamed or, or, or bad about your decision. Like ultimately, I want you to feel good. I want you to feel good about your decision. And if you feel good knowing that like for that time frame, you're going to kind of let loose a little bit more and that allows you the mental bandwidth and the freedom in order to get back on track when your routine is back to normal perfect. Keep doing that. But if it's not, you know, you kind of have to look at that. You know, some of you are probably like, I refuse to track my food while I'm on vacation. Okay, well, that's your personal choice. And if you're able to get right back into it, great. But if you struggle getting back into it, I would ask you to ask yourself, ask yourself, is your decision serving you and allowing you to be successful long-term with your goals? It's all in your mindset. You can do anything that you set your mind to. So in summary, guys, we talked about recreating. So like what part of my day can I recreate? We talked about adjusting. What will I have to adjust? We talked about buy to bring. What do I need to buy to bring with me ahead of time. We talked about bring, what do I need to bring with me from home? What do I need to buy while I'm traveling? And what do I need to modify? How long will I have to make these modifications for? Is it gonna be a shorter term duration or is it going to be a longer term duration? And then arrival, what does this look like? So the big takeaway here, I mentioned this in the beginning and I I hinted at it, is, If you are going into your trip completely winging it, winging movement, winging nutrition, winging lifestyle, the effort required to get back on track is so great usually that the hurdle is too high. And this is where most people fall off track and go into fuck it mode. What if you just improvised? adapted, and overcame. I'll leave you with that. You may recognize it. It's the unofficial slogan of the Marine Corps, but I thought it was perfect. You don't have to track your macros to hit your goals while you're away. You can perform the process. The process of tracking itself can be the goal. You know, you've probably heard of process-oriented goals and outcome-oriented goals. You just need to change your mindset around them. So that wraps up episode eight. I hope that you got a ton of value from this one and that it helps you to be able to get a little farther ahead. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Danny Abel Podcast. If you're enjoying the show and you haven't already, consider subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. If you love the episode, screenshot it, share it to your story, and tag me. And lastly, if you have any questions, send me a DM and I'll see if I can help. Thanks again for listening. Take care.